friends, it's Coley. Welcome to another episode of Still With You, a space for sharing gold, inspiring stories with genuine friends about our faithful God. He is always present, still with you. On this episode, we are hanging out with a friend you have already loved hearing from. Our songbird of the season, Yamari, is here sharing her story and music. Right now, you're listening to her song, Where the Light Dances, a single that at this moment has received over a hundred and 44,000 streams on Spotify. And Spotify is just one of many streaming platforms you can turn up Yamari's music. Imagine the impact this song has made. Up-and-coming artists running alongside creative culture company and integrity music, singer-songwriter Yamari brings a unique sound to the Christian gospel genre. A local talent to Tri-Cities, Washington, Yamari started writing and recording her own lyrics early in life. Though she loves spending time in the studio and in worship sets, she also learned that pursuing her dreams in music came with a sacrificial cost. As a young adult, Yamari moved to Redding, California with her lungs full of sound, ready to worship. But instead, God led her into a season of unexpected surrender and silence. This story is full of plot twists that I cannot wait for you to take in. Yamari's voice is beautifully authentic. Her lyrics are hopeful but honest, and her heart is open to writing songs that God can use and breathe on, to speak to the young, the old, the Christians, and the secular, to draw people to the table with her music, a table that leads to healing, purpose, and Jesus. My prayer for you after listening to our conversation is that you will look at light a little bit differently, that you would be deeply moved as light reflects off a body of water or pours through an open window. God's presence has a beautiful manner of meeting with us. Often this looks like where the light dances. I hope you love every moment of this episode. Here is my conversation with an artist who is erasing the line between sacred and secular, singer-songwriter Yamari. Our friends have already heard you just as they're like walking into the episode because you're sharing our theme music, your single Where the Light Dances. I think like how I just kind of fell into connecting with you was like I saw the cover for Where the Light Dances on Instagram by chance. And I remember clicking like the bookmark, like the save. So I was like, oh, that looks like a cool song. I just want to listen to that. And then I played it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. And I just immediately was like, I want to be friends with her somehow. Like, I don't know how this will be. (laughs) Tell me, why are people like drawn to it? Like they are. (laughs) I love that. No, that's seriously so awesome. It's cool to hear how people see and respond to the song because you never, you never know. (laughs) So thank you. Well, thank you for reaching out. That's so exciting. I love that. I mean, we're going to dive all into it, but like, I love it when an artist like will not just present a song that is so meaningful like lyrically instrumentally but also like the covers and the details within the art and then like how that's expressed like through social media I think that's like a new thing that we're having the ability to see and engage with artists when they show us like the layers upon layers of the story I'm captivated by that and I'm drawn to it so like as I was learning more about like your work and stuff I was like oh my gosh god if this is possible for her to want to collab for this season please let it be and so I'm so thankful. Like I'm sincerely so thankful. So you are days into living in Charlotte, but you're not originally from Charlotte, like, and you're not even originally from Dallas, right? Are you from Washington? Yes. Washington. I laugh about it all the time. How I go from the Northwest to the Mm -hmm. East coast in a span of 
three and a half, four years. I grew up small town in Tri-Cities, Washington. That's where, you know, my whole family's from. That was small town. Graduated high school in 2016 and I had taken the year off after high school. Mm -hmm. I just worked and I was trying to figure out, all right, Lord, where do I go? What do I do? What's my life story? What's my purpose? And he's like, you're going to go to Redding, California. And I was like, but why? (laughs) I ended up in Reading around 2017, 2018 was the year that I was there. And then I met my husband. Yes. And then we got married in Reading. And so my total time in Reading was about three and a half years. And then about four months into my husband and I being married, he got this job offer to go out to Dallas with Upper Room. And at first, our initial reaction was like, no, thank you. (laughs) We're going to stay in Reading forever. This is our home. We love it. But then we just felt this stirring in our hearts to be like, hey, why don't you actually check it out and see what the job offer is? And so um, he went through the job offer. They flew us out to Dallas. And then we got to really experience the city and we had realized wait I think we're actually supposed to be here I think we're supposed to be in Dallas so we had said yes we moved at the beginning of 2020 in the middle of the pandemic coming from California to Texas was the strangest thing because there were no bathrooms at all everything was closed and we didn't know this was like right before masks were a thing and so we didn't know that masks existed because we're coming from small town Reading and then we're in LA and the bigger California cities and it was like you couldn't get anywhere yep. without a mask and we were like oh my gosh we don't have one and we need and then you can't go into the store to buy one because you don't have one I remember we like covered our faces with our shirts and we booked it to a bathroom at one point because we we're like listen this is a 30-hour drive we need, we need a bathroom yeah um and so we arrived in Dallas we were in Dallas for two years and what's crazy is that we had talked about when we moved to Dallas we're not sure if we're gonna be here for a long time um mm-hmm. we do feel like that was by the grace of God, him kind of preparing us for more transition. You know, my husband has been working in ministry ever since I met him, and I was never necessarily working for the church. I would serve in the church, um, but it would be different. So our lives were like completely opposite. He's working all the time at church, and I'm, you know, working a nine to five and can come home and have my weekends off. And he's a sound engineer, correct? He's an audio engineer. Broadcasting was his main thing, what he would do um, in Reading and in Dallas. And so when the job offer came for Charlotte, you know, he's working with Elevation Worship as one of their studio engineers. For him, this is like a dream come true. But for me, I was like, listen, <laughs> I think I might want to stay in Dallas now. Yes. <laughs> um, I was like, I am, we've moved so much. I'm like, listen, let's just not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My poor husband was like, what? okay, all right, I can, let me just check it out. Let me just meet the people and see what happens. He just fell in love with everyone and, and everyone fell in love with him, which is easy to do. I get it. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I prayed about it and I, I tell all wives this. I'm like, Sometimes when my husband says something, it doesn't really hit the first time. But then when the Holy Spirit says something, I'm like, all right, even though it's the same exact thing that my husband said, but it's the Holy Spirit. So I'm like, all right, I see you. I got this. Oh my gosh. Coming out of active duty military to like step into something totally different. It hit Chris and I was like, say no, please say no Holy Spirit. So I get you. I totally get you. You you see your little secret prayer of like, Lord, please let him be wrong. (laughs) Oh, my life has shifted more than two degrees. I have felt my heart turn towards this ministry and towards these people. And I was like, all right, Lord, like if this is what you're speaking 
Let's do it. Even though everything in me is like, no, 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 no. I just want to buy a house. I want to settle down. I want to start a family. Yeah. And I was like, no, you're going to do transition and we're going to learn how to do transition well. And it's like, great. I love learning. <laughs> it's totally been amazing since we got here. And we had so many friends just cover us in the transition and cover us in, in change. And every time we would talk to someone about it, they'd be like, no, this feels right. And this feels like the Lord. And you guys should be obedient to what he's saying. And even though you don't want to hear it, you're like, no, we know, we know. It is crazy because now my husband has this job and he only works Monday through Thursday. We've been praying for our family. You know, we've been married almost three years to have some sort of consistency with ministry. Me not being, you know, on staff at a church, yeah. I can, I work a retail job. I can turn my work brain off. But for him, it was like every Sunday, every service, every Christmas, everything was like dedicated to the church. And me not knowing how to handle that has always been something we've prayed about. Like, all right, Lord, like, how do we have some consistency in our family? So that way, one day when we have kids, our kids can sit on Easter Sunday with their mom and dad. So this job is like perfect for him because one, he gets to be in the studio and he gets to, you know, do things that he hasn't really got to do with broadcasting, which he's really passionate about, like studio work. And um, he's really good at it, but he also is being stretched. And also, you know, he doesn't work Sundays. And so like we get to go to Sunday to sit in service together. And that was a huge answer to prayer. So we're like, all right, Lord, like we're already seeing our prayers being answered um slowly but surely so been two weeks and you know maybe the honeymoon phase with charlotte we don't know but so far we're like <laughs> well i'm gonna definitely link to this is what it looks like by the black voices movement because that's Ty's work right like he oh. like mixed all of that yes he did all oh, that song uh when i remember hearing it in its process and just crying because i was like this is the most beautiful <laughs> yes. sound i've ever heard um and it's amazing so yeah definitely do that. I want to go back to when you said that the Lord spoke to you, Redding, California. And then I also hear the language that you're using where you say like, we're going to work on transition now, Yamari, our transition muscle. (laughs) When was that cultivated of like, where you felt like you heard the Lord that clearly? Um, I would say practice. I've been in church my whole life. I would say I've had a relationship with the Lord my whole life. Ever since I can remember, I've just been talking to Jesus, just talking. And so it was just a relationship that I had cultivated. And what's so funny is when I was planning on moving to Reading, one of my best friends was there already. And she was doing their BSSM, like their school that they do. And she would text me and she'd just be telling me about the things that are happening. And I, growing up in a very conservative, but also charismatic household, Mm -hmm. knew that there was always more, but I didn't know how to step into that. I didn't know. I've been told ever since I was born, Yamari, you have this calling on your life. You have this power and anointing in you. It's so easy to say that, but it's harder to kind of steward that or someone to actually teach you what that means and what that looks like for your life. It's like, yeah, we can go to a youth group service and get saved. But then if there's no mentorship or foundation that continues to be built in three years, where's that youth kid going to be? So I was a pretty lonely child. I didn't have a lot of, you know, Christian friends who understood, no, there's more than just going to church on Sunday. Like there's an active living God and I have a relationship with him and he's still speaking. I just remember I'd get woken up at 3 a.m. at 5 a.m. It'd be the same time every time just to pray and the Lord would be like, I just 
want to talk to you. I just want to talk to you. So when my friend was in BSSM, I was kind of fighting the, oh, I don't want to go because like she's there. I don't want people to think that I'm going just because she's there. But I was like, Lord, if, if I'm going to, if I'm supposed to go, then give me a sign, you know, because everyone talks about he moved the stars in the sky and it said this message and, or he's signs and wonders. Yeah, signs <laughs> and wonders. I was like, all right, God, if you want me to go, you're going to do that for me. He didn't never happened. <laughs> and I remember, I will never forget this moment because I had sat on the edge of my bed and I'm like 17 at this time. And I'm like, Lord, what the heck? Everyone around me, you know, that's contemplating their life story gets like these amazing encounters with you. And I was like, you've told me nothing. And he said, Yamari, you know, my voice, mm-hmm. you know, I'm telling you to go. I don't have to be loud with you. I just started crying because I was like, you're right, God, I've been basing what you've been saying off of how you've been talking to other people you talk to me very differently I was like I knew I was just being like oh whatever you know we'll see what happens but my spirit's like "Mm, you're supposed to go the second I had applied and you know to go to the school and to move it was just this huge moment of yes all right this is what I'm supposed to do my family was like yes we agree let's go let's do this and it was just a really good season for me and a very beautiful hard season as well (laughs) you know that I don't have to be loud with you like that's beautiful did you go to BSSM with music in mind like what was your relationship with music at the time because I know you started very young walking in this direction obediently (laughs) Yes, it was. I had applied for worship teams because that's the thing you do for school. And I just got denied every time. And then I was like, well, at this time, you know, in my hometown, I am a worship leader. I'm leading worship every Sunday. I'm leading a team at this very small church in Pasco that I just loved so much. Shout out to Pastor Abel if you're listening. <laughs> they were huge pillars in my life for where I am right now because they saw this 17-year-old girl and was like, you're going to lead worship. <laughs> Yeah, but you've been starting when you were eight years old. Yes, I've been writing songs and singing since I was eight. I will never forget like coming up to my mom and being like, I wrote my first song with my horrible handwriting. Were your parents musical or was you a member of your family? Like, how did you know that it existed? I really actually don't know. I know that my, on my mom's side, my family that's in Mexico, like my uncles and my grandpas, they were all worship leaders and musicians, but I didn't, I didn't know them because they were still in Mexico. So I had never met them. My great grandma, she would play piano and sing. My mom was like, I was pregnant with you. And the Lord had given me a dream that you were a singer and that you would sing. She would just pray that over me all the time. And I guess like those prayers just... kind of seeped through in it. They absolutely did it right here. (laughs) I know. And that was really kind of, I think it was just my parents' prayers that just stewarded it. It was like, Lord, you said this, we're going to pray this over her. And as I got older, it just happened. It was like, I didn't even know you could write songs, but I know I was obsessed with Hilary Duff at that time. So I was too, even though I didn't grow up like watching as much Disney Channel as my friends did. I had a Hilary Duff moment when I was in, I think, third grade. And I don't know if you remember this. You probably do since you're a fan. When she came out with her junior Target line. Do you remember that? Yes. And I had a necklace <laughs> and I had a shirt. That was like my Hillary Duff moment. That and Cadet Kelly. I watched Cadet Kelly a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was obsessed with her. She was like the person that I 
wanted to be. She was my first concert ever. I don't even remember how old I was. I was probably like closer to eight, but she was like my person. I remember I would turn on her CDs. I would stand on my bed with my little fake (laughs) hairbrush microphone and just sing her songs, (laughs) heart and soul top to bottom every day and my family like he can be like ah she's performing again you know I was just from a young age I was like I knew this is what I wanted to do yeah I would dream about going on shows like I think America's Got Talent was like huge then an American Idol because that's when you know people started getting super famous from those shows and I'd be like I'm gonna go on those shows one day I'm just gonna sing and I would be like nine years old practicing like I'm gonna sing Rihanna take a bow (laughs) Oh my gosh. I bet you nailed it though. Your voice is so lovely. That was like what I dreamed about was just singing and performing and being on stage. I just started writing. I remember I'd sit in my room for hours and write horrible songs, but I was writing, you know, and I was like, this is going to be great. I would trace out CDs on a piece of paper because CDs were a thing. You didn't have iPods. I would trace out the back, like the CD, and I would write like on the back, like, oh, this song and this song and this song. I'd be like, I'm going to have a 30 song album, which is not practical. But when I was, younger I was like yeah it's gonna have 30 songs it's gonna be long but it's gonna be great and my mom was like all right Imari looks good love it did you ever read the thank yous I would always read who they thanked on the album yes yeah that I was like always wanting a name drop always trying to figure out who's connected to who and it would always be like thank you to Lord Jesus Christ <laughs> first of all to Jesus or be and last of all to Jesus <laughs> I know I know there was no in between when you were writing developing this dream did you start seeing opportunities by your parents saying like, hey, you should lead locally. You should do something through school. Like what's the next step where you kind of were able to test out what you were practicing in public? It was funny because the first time I ever sang on stage, I think I was like 12. I remember, yeah, I was like 12 years old. My church was doing like this talent show. I was like, I'm going to sing a song. And so at that time, you just go to your local Bible store, your Christian bookstore, I think, and you buy tracks for worship songs. And so I went and I bought a track and I practiced it in my room over and over again. And I sang it at the church. I had remembered the main worship pastor. She had come up to my parents and me after and she was like, hey, Yamari sings so beautifully. Like she has an amazing voice. I want to start vocal lessons with her. I offer vocal lessons and I think that'd be really great to, you know, develop the voice that's inside of her starting at a young age. And my parents, they were like, oh, well, Yamari's done like, you know, school plays. When I was younger, I did school plays and you know, I would sing in my room, but like actually taking vocal lessons is different. Yeah. And the fact that someone outside of your family who's supposed to love and encourage you was like, I see something in you. That I think was a pivotal moment to everything. And she had cultivated something in me that I didn't even know was in me. I was like, wow, I knew I could sing, but I didn't know that I could project. I didn't know that I could change my tone. There's all these technicalities. It really is learning a second language. I didn't realize how much work goes into that. I was like, oh, I'm 12 years old. I don't know. It was amazing. I was in the seventh grade all the way up until about freshman year of high school was when I continued on with vocal lessons with her. Then that was when like, okay, school talent shows. (laughs) So I did a school talent show I had worked my butt off with my vocal coach to be able to do this song and it was amazing and then my voice cracked it was awesome (laughs) then the choir teacher I was in her piano class I was learning like piano and I was like I'm not doing choir I did choir in eighth grade and I'm not doing it again I was like I want to sing but I don't want to like sing like that yeah she 
came to me in the class and she was like, hey, I heard you singing at the school talent show and why are you not in choir? And what, what do you say to a choir teacher? Like, I don't want to be in choir. Like, I don't know. I panicked, okay? I was like, oh, I just didn't even think about it. I totally forgot. Oh, that's a good answer. I like that. I didn't even think about it. It's true because I told myself, I was like, I'm not doing choir again. Yeah. But she was like, we're having auditions. I would love for you to audition. And it wasn't like I could avoid her. I am a part of her other class. So it's not like I could be like, sure, yeah, see you there and then never see her again. Because if I don't show up, she's going to be like, hey, she's going to keep bothering me. And she did (laughs) keep bothering me. And I'm so thankful that she did because I did three years of choir chamber choir because there's like different classes there's like jazz choir chamber choir and then there's just choir for people who are like we just need an elective this choir is like you do competitions you audition to get into this and it was a lot of fun I met so many amazing people and that is where I also cultivated songwriting because we would have practice rooms and I every single day we would have a free period of like 28 minutes every single day I was in that practice room practicing piano, writing songs all throughout high school, all four years. There was never a day that I was not in that room. If my choir teacher needed me or if some of my friends needed me, they'd be like, ah, practice rooms. We know where to find her. Those are the moments where I'd be praying to the Lord, you know, writing songs and having my quiet time with the Lord and, you know, singing to him. Nobody can hear you because it's soundproof. So you could sound good, bad, you could cry. It was a great secret place room. It was amazing. Moments like that, I feel, are are kind of like these altars where like you're sacrificing your time. When we look at your music now, until you bring it to light and sharing that many hours just put in just with the Lord, we wouldn't see it. To me, when I hear about the practice rooms and the time of like meditating with the Lord and just like spending that precious time of growing in deeper relationship, that's so valuable. That's just as beautiful as all the chords in the three minutes of songs that you've like worked so hard for. My goodness, it's such a gift and it's such a sacrifice at the same time. Hey friends, I'm interrupting my conversation with Yamari to ask you a question. Do you own a business or a brand, big or small? You have a story and still with you would love to share the hard work that you are doing. See, one of my favorite parts about hosting a podcast is supporting my entrepreneur friends. Gosh, they have real grit and giving them a small space on an episode is a true joy. Becoming an official sponsor of Still With You is easy and so much fun. If you're interested in this opportunity to showcase your company, Let's connect. You can visit my website, coleybrowning.com and click the share your story tab. Take 10 seconds or less to fill out the quick form and then hear from me in less than 24 hours about sharing your brand, your business, your story on Still With You. Hopefully next time you will not be hearing my voice in an ad break, but will be hearing yours. How did the opportunity approach where you're like, you know, I think I'm going to actually like put this out in some of the work that I've been writing? I didn't know that that was kind of a thing. I had always dreamed of releasing albums, but that process I never understood because I never had. (laughs) Yeah, I was just so young. You know, my parents aren't studying that either. And so I kind of had to learn what that looked like. But I waited until I was like 16 to even think about that. I was working part-time at KFC. (laughs) Good times. (laughs) That was like my job and then I was in school. Yeah. I was just saving up money and I had all this money because I was like, I don't go out. I don't like 
spend money. <laughs> I'm just chilling. My vocal coach, actually, she was recording music at like this local studio in Tri-Cities. And I had remembered I saw like who she was connecting with and where she was recording. And I went on their website and I looked it up and I was like, what does all this mean? It was like production, mixing, mastering. And I was like, what does this mean? Like, I just need someone to make a whole song for me. So I had like reached out and his name is Jason. He has also been a huge pivotal pillar in my life. His ministry was the studio. He responded to me. He was like, what are you looking for? Do you need production, mixing, mastering? And he's like, bring your family by to the studio and let's you know, talk about it. And I was like, I was like, I honestly have no idea what any of that means, but I will be there. And so my mom brought me to this studio and we looked at it. It was in the parking lot of this local church. And he was like, this is my ministry. This is what I do. And he's like, you know what? I will produce an entire song for you and I will do it at a discounted price because one, you're 16 and two, I heard your song and I think it's great. I want to invest into that. This was like right after I went through a breakup with my first boyfriend and I had written this breakup Taylor Swift song (laughs) and I was just like, I'm going to release this song and he's going to suck it, you know? Yes. (laughs) Just being a little 16 year old Yamari. I remember my mom took photos of me in the studio. She just cried because she's like, this is like how I remember dreams of you standing in studios like this um visions from the lord of like this being your life my mom had always told me growing up she's like i think something's gonna happen when you're 16 like oh my gosh just wait till you're 16 and i was like i don't know what that means like okay <laughs> my driver's license oh uh, my mom she's so funny yeah and so i remember he like helped me with the entire process it was amazing and that was when i learned the value of studio work that entire studio there was like a whole team that just really mentored me through yeah the process and it was amazing it was so god too because like they're god-fearing people in the industry But we love the Lord. And so our standards are different and how we serve people are different. You don't hear about that in the music industry. People say if you're a worship leader, you can't be in the industry. If you if you're a Christian, you can't be in the industry. But here are these people where they're like, no, we are called to be in the industry, but we're called to still, you know, be God fearing people and to change the industry, build that foundation with other artists who are called to the same thing. I mean, so they invested a lot into me. I released one more night and it was fun. Like I remember I would go to school the next day and oh everyone's like, oh, there's gosh. the singer. Like there's Yumari, she's the singer. And they would just call me that when I walked through the hallway and I'm like, this is so vulnerable. And then I remember my teachers would like call me out of the classrooms and have me come into their classroom and be like, I want you to sing for my class. And I was like, oh my gosh. I will never forget my math teacher calling me out from my science class next door and was like, hey, can you come sing for my class? And I was like, what the heck is happening? And that was when I started doing like shows around town. I was still leading worship on Sundays, but I was like going to battle with bands. I was singing at bars. I was doing open mic nights everywhere and just doing things around Tri-Cities that was building this, like Yamari is becoming more yeah. well-known in the Tri-Cities and being asked to come here and there. And for a 16-year-old, I was like, wow, this is what I've always dreamt about. Wow. <laughs> and it was, I think, for the next few years up until I left writing, that was, that was my life. 
It's amazing that you say that the studio had such a hand saying that like they love Jesus, but also we want to help produce amazing music. One of the things that you love to share about is erasing the line between sacred and secular. That is my heart here in really every area of my life. When did you find that phrase, you know, like erasing the line between sacred and secular? Where I got that language from was Amanda Cook, actually. She is a huge example of someone who is like, I have an anointing and I'm called to the industry. And she balances that out so great. And I remember, you know, my first year in BSSM, she was talking and she was like, we are called to be creative people as people of God. And we are not called to diminish our creativity, putting ourselves in a box because we're afraid of being unholy or too holy. Yeah. She was like, I feel called to erase the line between sacred and secular. It has stuck with me ever since. Like my spirit was like, that's me. Because I got told so much as a 16-year-old girl, well, you can't do both. You can't be a worship leader and write a song about your breakup with your boyfriend. You can't sing at a bar on Monday and then lead worship on Sunday. And I remember being like, why not? I feel called to both. I love the church and I love the Lord. And I'm not going to write songs about going to the bars and getting drunk. Like, first of all, I was underage when I was... (laughs) And they wouldn't, they would be like, you can sing your song and then you got to get out practically. So I wasn't going out and doing things that you shouldn't be doing, but I was like, I just want to sing. Like, I want to sing my songs and I want to praise the Lord. Like, I want to do both. Not knowing how to navigate that at 16, having people like Jason in the studio, and then a few years later having Amanda teach about it. I was like, okay, there is something there for me. There is that in between for people like me. Even if not everybody sees that or says that. I know there's going to be people who think differently. Even now, I hear still, you're cutting it a little close. You didn't mention God. Is this really a song about the Lord. And I'm like, it is, it is actually a song about the Lord, but I want people who don't know him to be able to hear it and be like, what does she mean by this? What does she mean? I want to know you more. What does she mean by in the story of like, they say that you're some kind of healer and I hope they're not just stories. Cause I know that people think like that. Yep. People are saying these questions, asking these questions. Where the light dances is just like where the two come together of how does a Christian and someone who's not a Christian think the same? And I do think we think similar, but how we come to the answer can be different. I had an encounter with the Lord and some people it's, oh, I had a friend answer this question and his friend was a believer. That's how now I'm a Christian. There's a lot of like to unpack in that for sure. I want to ask about Where the Light Dances. Where was that song from? Where did you find Where the Light Dances? It's actually a crazy story. And it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. It's doing so well. Not that numbers matter. It is. It grows every day. I mean, I look at the stream sometimes and I'm yeah. like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. It really is a crazy process, like full circle. Like just talking about like eight years old to now. It's the Lord. That's all I can say. This song, the first verse, running through a field of flowers, tearing the thin petals apart, letting them slip through my fingers, leaving a trail to my heart, was actually written when I was like 14 years old. Oh my gosh. No wonder we're going to just stop right here because this is kind of like the same era of Yamari. That song was written when you were 14? Yeah, just that one verse. And it is something that I've kept in my back pocket ever since then. 
Oh my gosh. Really, when I was younger, I would go to the piano. I would just sing. I taught myself piano. I would just play things and sing things. And I would picture myself in a field of flowers in the piano, singing to the Lord and just meeting the Lord there. That was my secret place. It was the same place every time. Every time I prayed, I was there. That cultivated that peace to come out when I was 14. A few years later, when I was in Reading, I was like playing the piano at like someone's house. And there was like this line that was like, meet me where the light dances, meet me in the secret places. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm going to write that down. Never did anything with it as well. And it sat in my back pocket for another few years. This was probably last year. The Lord was speaking to me about writing again and releasing music again. He was like, but this time you're going to have a new voice. And at that time, I was kind of fighting like, Lord, I'm writing secular songs. I've never been able to really sit down and like commit to a worship song. And at this point, I'm like, do you want me to write worship songs? And he's like, no, I'm not asking you to change how you write. Yeah. To be more holy or more perfect. He's like, but I'm going to give you songs. I remember like someone prophesied Mm -hmm. over me. They were like, you're just going to get songs. And I was like, listen, I get songs all the time. Like that's nothing new you know but this was different it was like the lord kept me up until 2 a.m and he had sang the entire song over me of where the light dances and it started with that verse and then it tied into meet me where light dances meet me in secret places and i remember i have like the voice memo my poor husband i was like rolled over <laughs> with my voice memo meet me where the light dances meet me in the secret places meet me where the light dances I just want to know. And I remember I like have like a very small voice memo of me mumbling like words and melodies. And the next day I just picked up my guitar and I was like, I have to write this song. And so I wrote it out on the guitar. And I remember I showed my husband and he was like, where did this come from? He's like, this is you, but it's the you that hasn't been unpacked yet. It was like within a moment, it was like the voice that I've been searching for was right there and that song was just this launching point into the lord being like all right this is a new season this is a yamari with her voice that is for you know the both and yeah it's not necessarily secular it's not necessarily worship but it glorifies me it invites people to encounter me through this song and i think that was probably the most important thing the lord could have taught me was doesn't have to be a sad song all the time yeah But it can be a song that has questions and can ask the hard questions and talk about the things that we don't fully understand yet. So yeah, that was the birth of Where the Light Dances. The first time I heard it, I was in my house, uh, another house that I lived here in town. We moved in transition of like kind of when I heard the song. Again, like I'd kind of bookmarked it in my mind and I was like, I'm just going to pray about that and see. We had a transition where we moved across town and it was really hard because we really loved the house that we were in. And when we got to this house, this newer house, number one, like we had just been praying so hard. We'd actually kind of been fasting because the market was just crazy. God, please provide our basic needs. There was a moment when we came in to look at this house as a house house we rent there's like shades on the windows and it was in the middle of the afternoon the beams of light trickled in I thought of the song and I was like okay God I don't know what to do next but I do know that you're here whether this is the house or not and you know the Bible talks so much about light like I did 
the Advent study with She Reads Truth, which is crazy too with the timing of everything because I feel like God's like, please look at light, look and see that I'm everywhere. And I just remember thinking that I don't know what's next, but I do know that you're here. That line, it's like the things that happen when you come around, Mm -hmm. when you invite him into those practice rooms, when you invite him into house hunting, when you invite him into a podcast. I want to talk about movies and I want to talk about music. God, can you use this? You know, like, please, can you use my heart to help bring people together to come and love you because you're here with us. I've thanked you before privately, but I just want to say it. Thank you so much for your hard work and like honoring the Lord. This song is honoring a bigger story that is like all of our story, but then the big story, God just doesn't give up and he meets us when we need him most. I honestly am just kind of wordless. I love this song so much and you've done such a beautiful job with it. Not just this song, all of your other pieces as well, but you know, this means a lot to me. Wow. You're making me emotional. (laughs) The other thing too, was that I remember like there was a time my mom came to visit and I was like, I'm really thinking about like, I think I even drafted an email to you. And I was like, I'm really thinking about emailing her. I feel like this might be the one you were my first choice. Please, Lord, let this happen. And I played it outside of Dollar General. Oh. We were outside of Dollar General. I'm like, what do you think? She's like, oh, I love it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so the places where God has came around, like Dollar General, like in rental homes. <laughs> Have you heard any of the stories from feedback after listening to the song of other people listening? I've gotten a lot of good feedback of people reaching out being like, I didn't know that there were other people who had these same thoughts and these same feelings. I think that was huge breakthrough for me because I was coming out of a season of everyone around me has a miracle happening. Everyone around me has provision happening. Everyone around me, it was always like comparing. And this song just really broke comparison off of my life. And to hear people come to me and be like, this song helped me realize I'm okay. I don't have to have it all figured out right now. But it, like you said, like inviting the Lord into the process and being like, oh, but he will carry me. He will meet me there. It's a song about co-laboring with the Lord and of, hey, I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up and I want you to show up. I want to see who you really are, Lord. But I feel like we can't really see who he really is if we don't ask or if we don't invite a partner with him in that. For a long time, I remember I just sat around waiting and that's why I've been wasting time waiting. It's like in the song, I've just been sitting around waiting for something to happen. And the Lord's like, where are you? And it's like, oh, well, where are you? Yeah. All right, God, like I have to get back to this, the thing that matters most, which is the secret place from the secret place, seeing you again Mm -hmm. and moving and just really encouraged people to be like, I haven't gotten back to the secret place in a while. Or once I got back to the secret place, the Lord just moved on my heart. The secret place is where it's at. You took a picture before you moved out of your home in Dallas of your hallway where some light ushered in. And I'm telling you, it has changed the way I see light pouring in through windows, through houses. I did it the other day. I took a picture of light on a wall that I was like, that is so beautiful. God, you are here. There's a verse from Psalms 104 that I just kind of wanted to share because it talks about the light, how beautiful it is. And it just says, this is Psalms 104 too. He wraps himself in light as if it were a robe, spreading out the sky like a canopy, laying beams of his palace on the waters above, making the clouds his chariot, walking on the wings of the wind and making the winds his messengers, flames of fire, his servants. And I love when it talks about he wraps himself as light as if it were a robe. It would be so interesting this week if we really took notice of how the light physically is moving in our life. That's such a reminder of his presence. (laughs) Yeah, that's beautiful. 
Wow. I know that there was a season in your life where God asked you to step away from music. Would you be open to talking about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, That is a huge part of the testimony of why I am where I am right now. And I kind of opened up about when I started at 16, I was doing all the things. (laughs) Yamari was making a name for herself. I was coming up and it was a really exciting time, but I was so consumed with it. I don't think there's anything wrong with being passionate and working hard towards what the Lord is saying in your life. I was working two part-time jobs. I was paying for my songs. I'm just a creative person. And I'm like, if I want something, I'm going to make it happen. Even if I have to pay money to do it. At school, everyone knew me as the singer. And it went from nobody knowing at all that I could sing to... (laughs) being pulled out of classrooms to sing, to releasing music and doing shows and people showing up for that, to doing festivals, being asked to do all these things. It was like a dream come true for me of like, wow, this is what I've always dreamed about. I'm just singing and I get to lead worship. I get to do both. When I was planning on going to Reading, I had auditioned for worship teams. I was like, yeah, it's going to be so cool. And When I got denied, I was so devastated because that was probably the first time in a long time that I was told no. Mm -hmm. And that's not to make me sound spoiled or anything, but I was on such a a momentum of favor and opportunity that just kept coming. I was offered, you know, a record label and like a record deal, I should say. I didn't really feel the Lord on it. The Lord spoke very clearly, like, don't do that. So I didn't, but I was like, yeah, it's just the opportunity, like the excitement of the opportunity. I was on a high. When I moved to Reading, I didn't have a piano. I had my guitar, which I barely knew how to play guitar. It was pointless. I was like, why do I have this? I don't know. Literally, the Lord had asked me, he was like, I want you to lay down music. I remember I was in worship one day in school and he was like, I want you to lay it down. And here I am in a new city where nobody knows that I can sing. So I'm I'm back to square one. I don't even get asked to sing for worship for small group or home group or revival group. I was not asked to sing for anything. I was signing up to be like, yeah, you can use me. You can call me. Like, if you want me to sing or lead worship, I can do that. And it was like nothing. So I was like, all right, God, what is happening right now? That was when he spoke to me and he was like, I want you to lay this down. I will tell you when it's time to pick it up again. That gives me shivers. I would not want to do that. There's no end date to look forward to. (laughs) I know. And, And I knew in my spirit it was the right thing to do. It was a painful season because it was the Lord calling me out and being like, hey, who are you besides the singer? Mm. there's more to you than just this identity that you have cultivated for the past eight years of your life or even the identity that your parents have prayed over you before you were born it was just identity am I Yamari the singer or am I Yamari the daughter first am I the worship leader or am I Yamari the worshiper of the Lord it was really like the Lord undoing a lot of belief systems that I had about myself and about my calling and about what I was supposed to do and it was really just heart surgery (laughs) yeah that whole time was this heart surgery of like all right Lord I'm learning what it is to be and for someone like me who has OCD and ADHD, I'm like, it is hard to just be. <laughs> and I and the Lord really surrounded me during that time. He was my strength. I, I couldn't lean on anything else. And I had to get to a point of my life. I remember I sat in my room and I said, Lord, if you are the only one who ever hears my song, I will be okay. 
if you are the only one that ever gets to hear me play piano or write, I will be okay. If I would have said that five years ago, I would not have meant it at all. (laughs) And I'm just being honest, I would not have meant it. But it was like this uncovering of identity of the Lord being like, I don't love you because you sing. I don't love you because you write really good songs. I don't love you because you showed up every Sunday and sang worship songs. I love you because I love you because I love you and because you are Yamari, my daughter. And he just had to uproot everything. And we all know that is a painful process. And it was a humbling experience. You know, you're in Redding, California. So there's Bethel music. You are surrounded by so many talented people that are way better than you. Like (laughs) I'm coming from a town, like a small hometown where I was like, oh, I was pretty decent. Like I was, you know, up and coming. And then you come to writing and you're like, everyone is better than you. They're just amazing. (laughs) Everyone around you is making records and singing and leading worship and doing all these things. But for me, I was like, I'm not doing any of that. I was just like watching yeah that was painful because I'm like I used to be that person I used to be the person singing all the time it came to about a three-year process that's the number that I cannot believe because I just don't know how you persevered where the light dances comes from a lot of this season as well because I remember being like lord I gave up my whole life for you I was a good person I did everything right. I made sure that I didn't go out and party. I was serving you. I was doing what I was supposed to do as a Christian. And literally, there's no fruit of my life because it was like that tree had died. I struggled so hard with that because I was like, am I ever going to sing again? I told my husband, I was like, I'm afraid that I'm never going to sing again. I just didn't know how to process that. It was very painful and very hard because that was Yamari. Yamari is supposed to sing. And I wasn't writing songs. I wasn't doing anything remotely musical. The closest I would get would just be I was singing at church in the crowd (laughs) for worship, you know? And even then it sounded really bad because I was out of practice. I remembered when the Lord had like kind of putting it on my heart to like slowly get back into it to start singing again. I was like, I need to take vocal lessons because I kid you not, after like the three years of laying that down, sound would not come out of my mouth. (laughs) I would try and sing and it would like get stuck in my throat. Did you have to like play them songs? Be like, I promise this is me. I used to do this. Yes. And it's almost like that 12 year old girl that sang the very first time at church. It was beautiful, but there was like nothing behind it. There was no support. I lost everything that I've worked so hard for in the past few years leading up to that moment. And I just felt in that moment, this grace, mm. this grace just come upon the season. And I remember I was like, all right, I have to get back into vocal lessons. And I went back to vocal lessons and I came home and I just cried because I was like, I suck. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I sound so bad. You know, my sweet husband, he was there to encourage me and be like, it's going to take practice again. It's going to take more time and that's okay once I started getting back into it, it was like, oh, my voice is more mature. Yeah. It's like this muscle memory started coming back and it was like wow maybe I didn't lose it after all but I'm actually even stronger than I was before and as I started slowly you know taking vocal lessons you know there's like these burn 24 7 worship things like the David's tent I don't know if you've ever heard of that 
they do like worship for 24 hours. Sometimes it's 48 hours. And so they have a band every hour. I had reached out and they were like, we want you to come lead worship for like time slot. Can you come? So that was when I started slowly leading worship back. Like I have a photo of actually the first time that I led worship. It was at 5 a.m. It was raining outside. It was very cold. And this is like my first time leading worship again. And it's not pretty. Like it's not a beautiful lit up stage. It's this tent in the middle of nowhere with rain dripping through on my head when I'm singing. And I remembered I just cried. I couldn't not cry the whole time because I was like, wow, God, this is what it's about. It's not about the stage or where you're at. It was a humbling three years, but it got me to the root of who I am with the Lord. What I am called to do is just worship and to steward the gift that the Lord has given me, whatever that looks like. And I was like, Lord, if I never write a pop song again, I'm okay. Thank (laughs) God, you know, that he's like, don't, that he's obviously gifted me with that. It is a calling that I have to do. It wasn't until probably last year when I was working on Where the Light Dances where it was like, okay, we're doing this. We're stepping back into it. And that was when creative culture had reached out. They're amazing. They are amazing. I love them so much. That whole album is just incredible. I'm going to put it in the show notes. I'm so sorry. The name is just escaping me because I know yeah. your song is Burn For You. So our friends will listen to that. But what is the name of that album? Sound of Heaven. It has the angel wings and it's brown. I'm seeing it in my head. Well, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's my only album I've ever been a part of. So, but it's also like my favorite album that has ever been written by a collective of people. And they they just killed it on that. So they had reached out. CEO was friends with my husband and I had Where the Light Dances ready. It was like finished producing. And I was like, cool, this is going to release. It's going to be dope. It's like my comeback song. And then they had reached out and they were like, would you be willing to hold off on the release until we get you signed so then we can publish it through integrity and so they had like sent my song to integrity and integrity's like whoa we're so excited about this and let's do this and so then that was like yeah 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 but it took about six weeks i had wanted to release the song in march of 2021 and it didn't release until july but god's timing is perfect like you said yeah it just blew up it became something that i did not even dream about or even expected. And to hear the testimonies coming in about it, like hearing your testimony about it, just, it's such an honor. It blows my mind because you don't think about things like that. You're like, oh, it'd be cool if someone, you know, encounters the Lord in that way, but you don't really know every single story or how people are going to respond. And it's a very vulnerable process because you're like, this is my heart. This is my story and my testimony. You want people to be able to respond, but you don't know how they're going to respond. Sharing your testimony, I'm like, wow, that is what it's about. It's about the Lord moving through the song and encountering people where they're at, whether they're in that rental home or they're driving to a job interview, they're on their way to the hospital for whatever reason. That's the type of songs I want to have people meet the Lord in that moment of their lives. I was just thinking about the name of your label. I had not thought of this until then, but like Integrity Music, that feels so prophetic. It 
was an integrity move, laying it down who we are in our private lives. I really do believe that I'm like, it has to come from a place like the secret place where there's no audience. Man, the integrity you did have to say, you know what, this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to lay it down. And then to see the fruit that comes from the obedience and to know it was from a place of breaking that you're able to like, re- yeah. like God rebuilt you, you know, not to say that it's better, not to say that like, but it's, it's different. It's the same girl, but it's like, feels like a different voice. It is definitely. <laughs> you talking about like how it blew up and you like, couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when you said, yes, I'm just going to try and see. And oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad that you sent a DM. You're like, oh, I reached out via email. I lost access to that email forever ago. And I had totally forgot that it was still on my Instagram. And I felt so bad because I was like, she probably thinks I'm ignoring her. I was like, that's not it at all. I just don't have access to that email anymore. So when you send a DM, I was like, oh, praise God that you didn't just give up and be like, oh, all right, well, there it is. You know, I did not think you were ignoring me. You know what I thought? I was like, she is so busy. I was like, she probably has saw it and probably is like, I just can't respond to it right now. But you were so tired. So not true. I was chilling hardcore. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you. So let it be me is out for our friends to listen to. I am loving it. How fun that it made it on the new Christian music playlist. New Music Friday is my favorite day. Congrats on that. That's so exciting. Is there anything else you're looking forward to this year? Of course, I hate to be like, what's new when you just released a new single and it's amazing. I'm excited just to see what comes of this year, what kind of songs are going to be written in this season, because it is a different season. So I'm like, all right, God, like, what are we going to talk about this year? What are we going to write about? What are we going to sing about? And there's already a few ideas that are coming to mind. There's a few hopeful collaborations I would love to do this year, writing with other people and, you know, getting plugged in in Charlotte is a huge thing for me right now as well. I'm learning how to be more present. So prayers for that. being okay with the now I'm a huge dreamer I can get caught up in dreaming just be praying over this season of you know me and my husband and another transition and seeing what the Lord does this year and we're excited there's a lot of new things coming Uh, does Ty's job does it ever cross over like does he ever help you mix music it depends my husband is very busy now he's always been kind of very busy but sometimes he'll mix my stuff if it's more piano stripped down but when it comes to pop he's like I don't know if I can mix pop properly because he does worship okay and so he will usually send it to um, a really good friend Jack Nellis is the one who mixed let it be me over at good water records he is amazing he helped with production along with Derek who is um practically the CEO of creative culture he helped on the production I mean so it's like this huge team that we have from different umbrellas that we've been kind of pulling on for these upcoming projects so get ready for that you know you have a wide open door here anytime <laughs> in my email when I said I've inserted myself in your life the storm of tagging that I do <laughs> No, I love it. Seriously. Okay. Well, you tell me if it's too much. (laughs) I love music. I love my friends who make music. I'm so grateful for them. And I'm so grateful for you and this song and Let It Be Me. And if I don't stay, your living room sessions, every one of them is so amazing. I just keep them spinning in my house. I'll put them on a playlist when they pop up. I love it. I love driving along the Gulf, the coast and seeing the water and how the light. I'm telling you, I just hope our friends interact with your music. Get out and see it. See it actually (laughs) like and have it in your ears. Yes. 
The last question we always ask on the podcast, because still with you comes from Psalms 139, 18, that just says, and when I wake up, I'm still with you. And you know, I love that promise. I kind of talked about that earlier, that God is always with us. Yamari, where is God still with you? That is a good question. I would have to say right now, he's still with us in the middle yeah, I'm going to keep talking about transition because that's my life right now. Oh, yeah, you're in it. Two weeks in, two weeks, Charlotte, baby. <laughs> yes, two weeks fresh. He's in the midst of that. He's still with us in that. I honestly think this has been one of the smoothest transitions I've ever experienced wow. because I felt the Lord so near with me and encouraged me in the middle of it. It was very hard to say yes to the transition, but it was the Lord that really encountered me. And he was like, if you go, I will be with you. When you go, I will be with you. And if you stay, I will be with you. That was a huge breakthrough moment of God is not a forsaking God. Yeah. No matter what I decide I'm going through, you know, and he has been very present in my husband and I, we talk about it all the time since being here. It was really like the moment we arrived in Charlotte, we saw fruit of things that we've been praying for for years. All right, God, that is that is just a glimpse of what you have for us here. Yep. He's still with us. He would have been with us even if we stayed. Yes. But even more so because we said yes. Every day we get to experience the divine and the incredible with him. And so I see that all over your work. And I'm just so thankful to be friends with you. Thank you so much for saying yes. And we'll be friends with you. We're going to be praying for you. And we're just going to keep streaming all the songs. Run those streams up. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, it's an honor. It's really, really an honor to know you and to be a part of what the Lord is doing through you and through your ministry. And since we've announced that we're working together, I'll get texts like, hey, when's that podcast coming out? Oh my gosh, really? That's so sweet. People are waiting. They're excited to hear from you and what God is doing. So thank you for using your voice and your platform to honor people and honor people's stories. It's important and it's needed in this time that we're living in. Well, I could not do it without you. Like, could you imagine me just coming on and be like, hi, it's Coley. Like, I mean, the music (laughs) makes it, Yamari, the music makes it. You truly are the open door. You literally welcome people in. As I am sitting here at my desk recording this outro, I am literally looking at light pouring through my office window. It is beautiful and radiant, and I love that the Lord appears to us in this way that we can be reminded of His presence in everyday engagements with His beauty. Where the Light Dances is such a good song with an amazing message, and Yamari is a true gem, allowing us to share her music on every single episode of Still With You. I really do hope that you connect with her personally. You can find her on social media. Her handle is Yamari Official. Listen to all of her work, even the early work in the studio when she was 16. As she shared, more music is coming. Please be in prayer with her as she is working on producing that new project. There are tons of links that I would love to share with you that accompany this episode, including all the ways that you can connect with Yamari at my website, coleybrowning.com. Look for the show notes for season five of the podcast. Also through the show notes is an option for you to reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. ColeyBrowning.com or you can find me on social media. My handle is Coley Browning. My heart is simply just to be here for you. And thank
thank you so much for taking a moment out of your week to come hang out on Still With You. This is such a fun space, and I love that we get to host conversations surrounding things that matter. And music is one of those. I love my friends who make music. Next week on the podcast, we are talking with Pastor Derwin Gray from Transformation Church, releasing a new book, How to Heal Our Racial Divide, What the Bible Says, and the First Christians Knew About Racial Reconciliation. This conversation holds a ton of hard questions and hot topics I cannot wait to share. Until then, be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that he is still with you.